Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Redheaded Preacher Podcast. My name is Richard Lanford. I'm the pastor of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. That's the Redheaded Preacher. And I am glad to be with you and to bring a message for you called Good Words for Hard Times. Our lector is Peter Svensson, who grew up in this church and has had his two kids baptized in St. Peter's. Uh, St. Peter's is an open and affirming congregation in the United Church of Christ. And the, uh, the readings are going to be from 1 Peter and from Psalm 66 and from John 14. Thanks for tuning in, and let's ask the Spirit's blessing. Great God who transcends space and time, we ask that your Spirit move as I speak and as people listen whenever and wherever they are, so that what you would have to say to us, we receive and act as you would have us act, for we are here for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the head of the church, your Son, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Our first reading is Psalm 66, verses 8 through 20. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard who has kept us among the living, and has not let us let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as a silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows. Those that my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to you burnt offerings of fatlings. With the smoke of the sacrifice of the rams, I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Selah, come and hear me. All you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for me. I cried aloud to him, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly God has listened. He has given heed to the words of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. This ends the reading from the Psalms. Our epistle lesson is from the first letter of Peter, chapter 3, verses 13 through 22. The apostle wrote to a congregation that risked attacks for being Christians, and he's addressing that in a situation right here. Now, who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated, but in your hearts sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, 
those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey. When God waited patiently in the days of Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water, and baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. Our gospel reading is John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. As Jesus continues giving his long farewell prior to his arrest and crucifixion, here he talks about the upcoming gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me, because I will live. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Here ends the reading from John and our scriptures for this morning's service. Thanks be to God, this God's holy word. There's an old story about a believer who visited a hospitalized friend of his. This friend was in a great deal of pain, probably recently having gotten out of surgery. So the visiting friend took this opportunity to ask his suffering mate, what do you think God is teaching you through this? The friend, gritting his teeth in discomfort, said, I learned that life is not like a VCR. Dates the story. How so, his friend replied. Life is not like a VCR, he said, because you cannot fast forward through the bad parts. Indeed. Here we have been. Unable to fast forward through our bad parts, despite the best efforts on some places to open up. Who knows, 
they may be fast-forwarding to the bad parts. The renewed talk and action surrounding opening things up got me to see that figuring out how to faithfully go forward is part of these hard times. We've avoided risk. That's hard. There are the deaths nearing 100,000 in these United States. Some hospitals, nursing homes, and staffs are operating on fumes, both financial and energy-wise. People are grieving. Unemployment. And businesses have filed for bankruptcy. There will probably be churches that do not survive this. But in considering next steps, that's uncertainty, because we cannot know how these days shall unfold. That's uncertainty. Uncertainty is hard. Planning during uncertainty for a future is hard. As I quoted my mother last week, that's where faith comes in. That is what the writer of Psalm 66 had, and Peter and John. They were all writing about or two people who were going through scary, grueling times. But that's not where their writing stayed. The psalmist ended his psalm prayer, Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Let's remember that. What he and perhaps Israel went through was no shelter-in-place isolation or getting quite sick. Let's back up as he recalled their plight. For you, O oh God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yeesh. He now, now, he believes God is the ultimate force behind what they suffered. And I am not here to explore that this morning, although a recent poll said that about a third of Americans who believe in God think God is trying to tell us something. That's another sermon right now. But this was a heck of a lot of turmoil. Letting people ride over their heads? Going through water and fire like Floods and flames? If you listened to Peter well, and remember well, you'll remember the next words of this song. Yet you have brought us out to this spacious, to a spacious place. We made it through. With your help, O oh God, we made it through. You tried us as silver is tried. That sounds like an experience similar to the fires that purify precious metals. The psalmist praises God, not for those things, but for seeing them through them. They made it. They made it by the providential care and grace of the Almighty. If God did this for the psalmist and his community, as he keeps saying us and we, if God did this for the psalmist and community, God can do it for you and me. A good word for hard times is that God does hear our prayers, and sooner or much later, 
whatever we go through, God will bring us out. Not because that's God's job, but because our God is a God of inconceivably deep and broad and everlasting love. Is there a caveat? Hmm. Let's go back to the faith statement of that writer. Bless our God, O peoples, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. You have brought us out to a spacious place. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. I do not know about you. Maybe this is going back to the caveat. But sometimes... I have this smart alecky voice inside that pipes up irreverently. And this voice hears me preaching, if God did this for the psalmist, and then God can do it for you and me. God has kept us among the living and did not let our feet slip. And the voice has to say, what about Aunt Anna? Or my brother who died from this disease? What about that family who owned that restaurant for almost 80 years and had to close, laying off a whole lot of people? who are out of work now? What about so-and-so and and this and there and then who did not deserve that? Do you ever react like that to divinely inspired promises or good news for hard times? A lot of people have, up to the point sometimes of quitting faith. I could say that God never promised life would be easy or life would be fair, that only that God would be with us through it all, because as our psalmist said, God has not removed his steadfast love from me. The psalmist never seemed to question or doubt God. All the same, to those questions, to my inner smart aleck, I prefer then to turn to the late John R.W. Stott who said, I never could myself believe in God were it not for the cross. He continued, in a world of real pain, we do not have a God who is distant and immune to it. We have a God who in amazing love took pain on Onto Calvary, displaying the glory of his grace for all of the undeserving to bring us back to God. This is true always. This is true. Even when tragedies occur, young people are killed, and injustice is what rolls down like waters. So this God, I can trust, even through water and fire, and because Christ has been raised, even when death comes. However it comes, life is not over, nor is the love of God suspended. Good words for hard times. Those people in the psalm made it through. That's great. God was praised as a loving and ultimately protecting God. What the scriptures of today do not say is that this good news can be very earthy. And not just earthy in the way that the cross 
and the beating Jesus took before the cross and his burial in a tomb could be earthly. That's certainly one way, but that's not how I mean it is an additional way. I mean, the chief way that you and I experience God and God's grace in good times and in crummy times is how? Through other people. God uses people, including you, to support, teach, comfort, heal, guide, encourage, or even correct those who need that. When you think about persons who have figuratively been your salvation, emotionally, financially, vocationally, you may not have ever felt the presence or love of Jesus. That's okay. It does not mean that the Lord did not bless you through them. Remember in your own prayers to thank God for them. Again, the psalmist made a deal about not forgetting. He pledged to enter the Lord's house with burnt offerings and, and, and rams and goats and all. He went on about that and also to tell what God has done for him and for the people. He remembered his gratitude and expressed it in worship. So you and I can think about who has really made a difference in keeping us going, in keeping us growing, and holding us up, and ultimately moving us forward despite adversity and uncertainty. And once again, give God thanks for them, through whom God works and shows love. Good words for hard times. They made it through. God saw them through to a much better place and time after all of that. Do you and I have a different God? No. We have a God of unbelievable mercy and love and power who through his son Jesus knows pain and suffering to the dregs and unto death and burial and raised him up to life. Additionally, our faith understands that our God often uses others to do God's loving work to sustain you and me and to help us keep the faith. God's love comes through persons who help us do the hard work of uncertain transitions after being closed. Lastly for this morning, speaking of good words for hard times, I am drawn to a couple of phrases from our New Testament readings. One comes from 1 Peter, it's one sentence. In your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. It also says reverence Christ as Lord. In your hearts, reverence Christ as Lord. That's one. In John, although Jesus has not been crucified and raised in the story yet, the readers of the Gospel of John were on the other side of the resurrection, just like we are. So they heard this as they heard the whole New Testament through the lens of the crucifixion, the resurrection, and Pentecost. And Jesus said these good words for hard times. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. 
This is the spirit of truth. You know him because he abides with you and will be in you. The advocate. This use being the source of the term for advocate Aurora Healthcare, which is a faith-based institution, was previously translated as the comforter and the counselor. So the Holy Spirit, who in our Trinitarian theology is God, lives with them and lives in them as they move into the future forever. How about that? Jesus was not done. The other phrase that I was drawn to besides, in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord, is Jesus telling the disciples this, because I live, you will live also. Because I live, you will live also. Not only are we not alone, not only are we accompanied and led by a Christ who experienced the sufferings and pangs of death firsthand, and this Christ who was raised after death, remember Easter, and lives, says we shall also live. The Spirit, God's own self, the Spirit of truth, will be with us and within us forever by grace. In our hard times, of various kinds, let the psalmist remind us, God is not absent or indifferent, but shall see us through. For some, that does not always mean physical survival or coming out as we were financially, relationship-wise, or career-wise. As Christians, we can rejoice with those who are, in fact, brought to a spacious place, while knowing when it's otherwise. Our God is a God who walks so closely with those who mourn and with those who seek the one who conquered the grave. Because I live, you also will live. In other hard times of looking ahead, of trying to navigate a future as yet uncharted, let us not only take comfort in the presence with us and within us of the Holy Spirit, but also remember the advice of Peter. Do not be afraid, do not be intimidated, but reverence Christ in our hearts as the boss of it all, the Lord. Let our settled centeredness on the living, loving Christ guide our planning for eventual opening, reaching out afresh in mission, and direct our congregational life. The spiritual goes, the Lord will make a way somehow. And with the song's first verse and refrain, I close. Like a ship that's tossed and driven, battered by an angry sea. I wonder 
what I have done that makes this race so hard to run. Then, then I say to my soul, take courage, the Lord will make a way somehow. Thanks for listening to this a little lately published on my account edition of the podcast of the Redheaded Preacher. Our next service will be for Sunday, May 24th, which will be the Sunday uh, before our nation recognizes Memorial Day. But if you know your history of Memorial Day, it originally was closer to the end of the month of May. But national holidays being moved to Mondays and all. Uh, This coming Sunday, the 24th, also Bob Dylan's birthday, will be the 25th. So Sunday, the 24th, will be our next podcast. And the scriptures, I know, will be coming from the book of Acts and, again, the first letter of Peter. Thanks again once more for listening, and may you have a blessed week. Bye.